From our table in New Orleans, this is the Pass the Everything podcast. Your favorite food podcast. And now we can actually say we are back. We're back. I know we, we've said it before for literally no reason, and I think we took it for granted. Yeah, I think we were a little preemptive on that. For anybody <laughs> not in touch with what we're talking about, uh, yeah, we took a week off. You might have noticed. Yeah, or uh, two weeks. I mean, yeah, basically. I there mean, was a gap. Same, there was a gap. There was a gap yeah. in the podcast episodes because of... This old bitch, Hurricane Ida. Yeah, a little thing, Hurricane Ida. Yeah. So that's where we were. We are back. I was listening to a different podcast on my way back into New Orleans today. And, you know, they say you're not (laughs) supposed to apologize for your absence. You're just supposed to say, thank you for waiting for us. Oh, well, we already fucked up. Wait, we didn't apologize. Oh, we didn't apologize. Fuck you. We're back. (laughs) Thanks for waiting for us. Thanks for waiting for us. We're back. (laughs) He is my podcast partner. We'll call him PTE for the sake of the podcast. He started the Pass the Everything food Instagram that began this whole journey. And he is just about had his quota of hotel room stays for about five years. Yeah, I think hotels are ruined for me. Okay. So thank you. Uh, Yeah, and she is Ashley. She is my wonderful co-host who quit her career in radio. Um, to, uh, to help me launch the, this podcast. And she has absolutely no sense of smell, which would really come into handy for people that need their refrigerators cleaned out. <laughs> if you have not been in the aftermath of a hurricane, the destruction is one thing, but supposedly mm-hmm. I wouldn't know as a lifelong anosmic, the smell is a whole other factor because think yes. about it. People are cleaning out their refrigerators and freezers that lost power and all of this food has to be dumped and everybody's dumping it at the same time and add to the fact that New Orleans isn't really picking up trash on regular schedule. No, it's, there was a, I was just telling you before we started recording, there's like a meme going around about how New Orleans is going to go from, or really the state of Louisiana from Hurricane Ida to the, the bubonic plague because there are, Piles and piles and piles outside of nearly every home and every business of just mounds of trash. And, and, they're, and they're not taking the trash out. And that's totally separate from the debris because that's yes, a whole no, different the, thing. We understand. And we understand that. You just put it in a pile and, right. you, and one day you wake up and it's gone. And uh, trash is a different story. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not running on a normal schedule and it's starting to become a problem. This is the one time where I have been jealous that you cannot smell. Because we've yeah. talked about this before with food. And how, I can't believe how much you love it because you can't get the full experience. And I realized that I'm missing out on an opportunity to, well, I guess my timing was bad because I was not in the area of any effects of Hurricane Ida. Yeah. Right. Luckily. Blows my mind still. Because- if I had hurried up and come back or if I had already been in an area, I would have been part of the super crew of fridge cleaners. Yeah. Because everybody else is like retching as they're trying to clean out their stuff. (laughs) And I have no clue. No clue. (laughs) Cannot smell it. So look, if the garbage pickup people want to pay me like triple overtime and throw me on the back of a truck, I'll help you clean up the garbage. The job is still a dirty job. (laughs) It is still disgusting. I'm pretty sure it was actually on an episode of Dirty Jobs. Probably. And I give the the individuals that do it every day a a ton of credit. But yeah, I probably need to work out a lot. I don't think I'm like strong enough physically. What a better way to work out than cleaning out the refrigerator contents (laughs) of thousands of people. Across the state of Louisiana. (laughs) Across the state of Louisiana. So this, um, this whole thing for me was a trial by fire because... I've lived here for seven years, but I've never had to evacuate. And so there are things that 
others are more prepared for that for me, I didn't really take into account as I was evacuating. Well, can I tell you something? You've had a different experience in this one past month than I have ever had in my entire life in Louisiana. Okay. My family has never done a true evacuation for a hurricane ever. Okay. In my number years life. I don't 22. Sure. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> no, we've never evacuated. I've lived uh-huh. in Lafayette, Lafayette or New Orleans areas my mm-hmm. entire life. Never done the hotel evacuation like you have. One, even though I did, I wasn't prepared for it because it's still, even as Ida was approaching, because it wasn't mandatory for the New Orleans area and having been in this situation many times before, I just packed a quick duffel bag thinking, Okay, I'm not even going to bring any valuables. Oh, wait, which I, I say valuables. Let's like back Xbox. it up. First of all, your first <laughs> stroke of luck is that you had a trip planned already. Correct? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, the trip to Nashville was already booked in advance. Like I was supposed to already be in Nashville for the weekend mm-hmm. after Ida hit. So instead of flying, you just cancel the flights. You get your points back, and then you just drive up there. The thing I, the thing I was um, alluding to in the beginning, though, about not being prepared was the refrigerator thing because. Right. I didn't clean out my fridge because I didn't think I'd be gone from my home for. Well, can I tell you, I didn't clean out my fridge either before I left. Yeah. So I had to hurry back here while we still were without power to. Oh wow! So you came back when it was. I came back when it was sweltering hot, (sighs) disgusting. Yeah. Cleaned that out. Went back to my safe haven. I just evacuated to my parents' house, which, Mm -hmm. uh, again, in Lafayette, we didn't get affected at all. That's so, so crazy. lucky because so we really expected it to kind of just sweep across the entire state. Yeah. And I figured like, I'd rather be in a place where my parents have a whole house generator than be here. Cause it's the heat index every single day. Mm-hmm. The heat index was over a hundred degrees and live that without power. Yeah. And Ugh. not only a hundred degrees, humidity was extremely high. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually talked to my uh, my neighbors, when I got back, and they were telling me that they were without power for a couple, a couple of days. But the first two days afterwards, not only was there, it wasn't really hot and there was no humidity, but there was no breeze. So there's nothing. Right. You're just sitting in your in own filth and your sweat. Your own filth and sweat. Yeah. And it's triple digit degrees out. And this is where you have a humanitarian crisis. This is where people start to get sick, pass away. Like I started reading mm-hmm. about, you know, unfortunately, people people passing away because they're just sitting in their homes. Right. You can't cool down. You don't have access to anything. Everything is shut down. It's just a horrible situation. And the, the refrigerator thing, I just never thought of because I've never had to really evacuate for a hurricane before. And I feel like people that listen to the podcast might not also realize that either because I certainly didn't. And I've been living down here for seven mm-hmm. years. And then, you know, it's just one of those, there are so many things that you can do for like hurricane preparedness that I just never thought of. And, and again, if I had known I was going to going to be displaced out of my home for a week and a half, I would have packed more than a duffel bag. That was also a massive pain in the ass. Yeah. You're <laughs> repeating more outfits than, that don't go together. Yeah, which, you know, for me, you outfits, don't have enough clothes. No. Yeah. It was <laughs> basketball shorts and t-shirts. I mean, I was dressing like Adam Sandler the entire time. I know. I felt like I was like, I shouldn't be going out in public. Should I do what? Yeah. I was like, well, we're going out to dinner for the second time. I'm going to wear that <laughs> same outfit that I wore last time. This is my going out dress now. You don't have any, like your parents, they'll do the thing where they just have a bunch of your stuff back at, back at your parents' home where That's you can go so back. That's so cute and that have you it. think that it would fit. I just see your, pic- <laughs> stop. <laughs> 
So you make these jokes on yourself and then people will hear it and probably like, oh, I wonder if he's making that joke. I'm like, no, Ashley does it. And then like gives me permission to say it. Um, it was like the one episode where it was like the fat joke. And then you were like, you should say that. <laughs> but no, I was like, I, I was actually referencing your parents. They seem like the, the type of people where they are like very sentimental and obviously love you endlessly. So I just assumed you would have like a whole plethora of like clothes and a no. bedroom that like hasn't changed. And I mean, all pieces that. of my bedroom haven't changed, but if there were any articles of clothing left behind, it'd be even worse than the duffel bag that I packed, yeah. you know, <laughs> like a hodgepodge of random things again, out of season years old, don't fit. Yeah. So that would be hilarious. One of my good friends didn't really have much to stay for here either. Like much resources didn't want to do the hotel thing. So I was like, why don't you just come? Like, it'd be better to be there. Yeah. If, if we lose power everywhere, there's at least a generator. Yeah. And then it turned into an extended stay. Sleepy girl, supper club, miniature version. <laughs> yeah. One Lafayette. day you're mom, traveling for it. Now I know. sleepy girl, supper On club road, takes over Lafayette. My mom made a joke that she was like, can, can your dad join the sleepy girls? Yeah. I, so, I, I next time you talk to your parents, please, in the club. please tell them I have asked if I can participate at night, and it was immediately rejected. You rejected me faster than FEMA rejected me <laughs> when I applied for assistance from a hotel room in Jackson, Mississippi. So, Sleepy Girl Supper Club is very exclusive. They will reject you faster than FEMA. <laughs> but when you evacuate like that, and you're just kind of waiting, like even that pre-planned vacation you had, now it's not a vacation anymore. You're just no. anxious, far away. Yeah. And that was, that was the weird dynamic that again, I've never experienced because on one hand, I like to think I am self-aware enough to at least realize that I am fortunate to be in the position that I am. Right. I am fortunate that I can put all my shit in a duffel bag and skip town and come back X days later. Now, regardless of I'm putting everything on credit cards and just kind of figuring out my life at day mm -hmm. to time, it is still a fortunate position to be in. Um, with that being said, having the the vacation planned in advance and then being there, it, it's so strange because you're doing these things and you're enjoying them, but there are so many overhanging thoughts mm -hmm. that naturally you cannot get out of your head. You're wondering how your neighbors are doing. You're wondering how your home is doing. You're checking the weather, which, you know, at some point. Here's another thing. Oh my you're Lord. seeing the coverage of 20, your home 24 seven, 24 seven from yes. somewhere else. And you're wondering how accurate is it yes. or how much is it? What they call yeah. disaster porn. Yeah. Like, is like this, really is this drumming, fake news or right. is this like what's actually happening? Right Are they now? sensationalizing something? Uh, is a weatherman in front of a flipped over <laughs> dumpster next to a palm tree just yeah. because the palm trees blow crazier than yes. the other trees. Yes. By the way, that's a thing the weather people always find a palm tree versus like a sturdy no, oak tree. No, but that's the thing. That is, that like, is weather porn. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, yeah. like we were talking about examples where it's, you know, the, the famous individual from the weather channel land is standing. I'm in the middle of Jackson square right now. Like the wind is really himself. howling. It's like, meanwhile, grand Isle is completely underwater. Right. The, you know, they're not going to have you know potable water for the next two months. Like everything there is destroyed, but you're standing in Jackson square because it's a recognizable area right. and you're going for the, you're going for the hit more than you're going for. Let me bring some attention to an area and to people that actually really need it. And that was something that throw, was really bothering me. Yeah. Can I throw something out? Speaking of that? Yeah, please. We're talking about how we're coming back to normal and there are so many people South of us who will not be anywhere near normal no, for ever. months or if ever, ever again. Yeah. 
bayoufund.org if you would like to donate yeah. to some people who are still trying to reassemble the pieces of their lives. Yeah. Bayoufund.org. Let me spell it in case you're not from the South. <laughs> it's not B-Y-Y-O-U, no. like Bayou. <laughs> it's B-A-Y-O-U-F-U-N-D.org. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a, there was... I remember, and yeah, to your credit, so you're, you're tracking the news and you're watching it. And I remember even seeing this Reuters photo. It was on Twitter and it was a photo and it was so heartbreaking. I actually started crying because it's a photo of a man and he was in Homa, which is another area that was really devastated. Oh yeah, it's devastated and they can't <sighs> even freaking pronounce it right most of the time. Yeah. On TV, they'll say, I'm in Homa, Louisiana. In, I'm in, I'm in you Huma. are not in Homa. Get it right no, if you're going to be yeah. there. But the thing, but and and also use the people and the destruction there as like news porn. And that my issue with the photo is it's a man and he's sitting on what used to be a porch and his his head is in his hands and he's sobbing and behind him is nothing like everything mm-hmm. is completely leveled. And the quote underneath it says, you know, Mr. Mr. So-and-so uh, it basically expresses how he has lost everything and how nothing will ever be the same as he weeps into his hand, blah, blah. And the reason why, the only reason why I even saw that being shared and this particular photo is being shared on Twitter is because it went viral because someone from Louisiana saw that photo and just did the retweet or they're mm-hmm. just sharing it again. But they, but their response was, so you're just going to take a photo of this man and use it as entertainment, but you're not going to offer him any help. Right. And I'm like, thank how you. How many clicks did you get? Yeah. For like that? how many? Like thank you. Like you're looking at this man as as clicks or as entertainment. He is looking at nothing because everything that he has known and has is completely destroyed. Like his life is never going to be the same. And like like the point that you just made about. There are a lot of people in South Louisiana, especially, who are never, you know, if it, t- if it takes them months, then, then it's going to take them months. They, might, they may not ever recover. There are people that move away because they, they never want to deal with this again. I mean, there's, you know, a plethora of, um, of different examples out there. And, and, we're, the for- chain- and we're the fortunate ones. Like and it- then there's a chain reaction for the people around the country who don't realize what they gain from the lives of people in those unknown parts of South Louisiana that they don't know how to pronounce. Uh-huh. That's a, that's a very great point. Like let's talk about your seafood menu <laughs> and how yes. much of that comes from the people who live in those communities mm-hmm. in South Louisiana. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever since look, I, we didn't say off the top, this episode of this food focused podcast <laughs> is very much about all kind of other stuff. Yeah. Well, us also but, catching up from Ida. I mean, yeah. like, we legitimately haven't really but that's talked. something food related. No, you know? it absolutely is. Like, like, have you ever been to New Orleans on- and been to a crawfish boil? Did you enjoy yourself? Do you associate that memory with going to New Orleans or any part of Louisiana? Is it something you look forward to? Do you do it every year? Do you celebrate it back home if you can? Like, What's think the most about painful the for me are the people who don't think, I don't know how to phrase it, but they're like, why do people still live there? If this keeps happening, why do people still live there? I'm like, well, why do you still keep coming to visit us? It's the same it's magic. The same. It's the same undescribable, again, short of words. Yeah. I don't, you know what? I don't ask the same thing. I don't want to see that anywhere on the I internet don't. ever again. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate because it's not just us now. No, it's not just us. You know, well, if I don't, you followed just Hurricane Ida specifically, yeah, it caused destruction across like hey, a New whole York. third of the yeah. United States. I know, I'm not going to message someone that I know that lives in New York and be like, "Why do you live in New York anymore?" Because you're susceptible right. to hurricanes. In fact, you had more deaths in New Orleans 
then that was directly hit, then, then well, switch it. More deaths in the New York and New Jersey area yes, because yes, of the flooding yes. up there. Yes, you had so more. Unexpected. Yeah, you had more deaths in in New York, which I I completely understand why than than New Orleans did, which was directly hit. Uh, it's just one of those things where you know I don't ask people that live in South Florida, in particular Miami, why sure. do you li- why do you live live in Miami? Because right. they are in danger of being completely underwater in a couple of decades, and they refuse to build a levee system. But I don't reach out to everyone living in Miami saying, "I can't believe you still live there." Yeah, why do you, why do you still <laughs> you live know? there? Explain to me why don't you just move to Indiana and just be fucking miserable because you because you no wanna... knock on people that uh, no no that's not a, that's Indiana, not a knock on but... Indiana. I'm, I'm just saying we can't like, all move there though. <laughs> it's just one of those things where you know to to live here and and or to be from here and live here and be in love with the place and then just look at someone when they're going through something like Hurricane Ida which is completely devastating and that's your question is well why do you live there? That you have no idea how incredibly insensitive that comment is and also just how completely it's it's turning it's steering the conversation in a direction where like it it shouldn't be going like right. i'm sorry it is what it is so the other thing watching from a distance because there wasn't a lot of ways to communicate with the outside world it felt mm-hmm. like um we were trying to get information from wherever we were the people that were still in the aftermath were trying to get information and connect to people yeah it was something to see individuals that did have means like generators or, you know, solar power systems providing charging stations and cooling stations and stuff to each other. And this was before it was organized by the city, by governments and things like this. Neighbors were just out like sharing block party of all the food before it goes bad, like cooking for each other, doing all these things to. And so that's part of the answer of why we still live in places like this. Yeah, you know, I think the the city is very unique, and you you really see the strength and then resiliency, and also the connectedness of the people in situations like this. Is it unfortunate that we have to witness a you know a catastrophic? natural disaster <laughs> before we Yeah, and I'm trying to like knock on wood because as we record this episode uh Yeah, we just got the flood. We just got Is it tropical warning. storm Nicholas or hurricane Nicholas? What is Nicholas? I just received this? the emergency warning that um that Louisiana will be experiencing, you know, flash floods, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah, I drove in downpour yeah. all the way from Lafayette to New Orleans today. Yeah. I was doing that thing where you're like squinting at the wheel, just focusing on the one car in front of you so you can stay on the road. Oh God. Yeah. No. And you know what, actually, so your thing that you just brought up just reminded me, and again, tying this all in because this is at the end of the day, a food podcast. I remember one specific example I saw, and there are plenty, there are plenty out there, but one that I saw that really struck me was uh, chef Michael Galata, who owns and runs um, a couple of restaurants in New Orleans, but in particular, I saw what he was doing with his restaurant Mofo mm-hmm. in Mid City, mm-hmm. New Orleans, and he had an entire inventory that he just completely gave away. And when right. I say, and this is again, this is before any city organizations, um, you know, had had galvanized and were trying to, you know, see how they can distribute supplies and et cetera, et cetera. Like he just flat out said. I'm going to my restaurant. I'm going to open up the doors and whatever you need, take. And he, he just gave away his inventory. And I yeah. think he gave it all away within a matter of two to three days max. But it's crazy because he's probably giving away tens of thousands of dollars worth of food 
to people that are in need. All you have to do is show up. Now, granted, that's still hard for some people to do, but it's just crazy. And I also love it because in moments where you are going through something that is incredibly difficult and all you're just surrounded by negativity all the time, to see something like that, I mm-hmm. think, is is great and it's uplifting and it also shows you why New Orleans is special. It's good to be back, but things are still not all the way back to normal. So it's kind of frustrating to see that it's been completely forgotten about in areas outside of our little bubble, it seems. Mm -hmm. And I understand that there's stuff happening all over the place all the time, but I feel like it just got moved on from pretty quickly. And uh, if I think hopefully more people are aware that we still need help in areas, especially South of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a, an ongoing humanitarian crisis in largely South Louisiana. And like, to your point, no one is really talking about it because New Orleans got up and running again and it's not fun anymore for, you know, national news coverage to, to go out into these parishes and cover this stuff as much as they were when mm-hmm. it first hit. They're just moving on to the next whatever is in the news cycle, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, because what was it this week? The Met Gala? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> who gives a fuck? And you know what? So that that reminds me, I think that was the biggest thing that I noticed for my particular situation, like just living in hotels for a week and a half, um, was it's really weird because, like you mentioned, like you're you're – trying to communicate with people back home, you're, you're watching the news, you have no idea what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. So your brain is just consumed with your reality, but your reality is no longer the reality of the rest of the world. So I remember like even in Jackson, Mississippi, watching the local news there and then going on social media, you know, Twitter, Facebook Mm -hmm, or whatever. mm -hmm. And all I see is shit about college football and the NFL. Oh my God, here it comes Sunday. Da, 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 and all of these things, which granted, like, first of all, uh, is Sunday coming? I yeah, don't know what day it off, is. <laughs> I have no fucking day. I have no idea what day it is. Have I showered today? Like what's going on? I've been in this hotel room. I think I'm going crazy. Um, and it's just, it was so, I got to a point where I got really frustrated though, because for, this is like the only time in my life where I'm like, my reality does not reflect what the rest of the world is talking about right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard for me to even look at that stuff because I don't fucking care about it. I right. just don't like, there's so many other things going on that are so much more important. And it was even friends that, and they weren't doing this on purpose. I love my friends to death, but I had friends reaching out to me being like, Oh, have you done your fantasy draft this year? And again, I'm using a football example, <laughs> but reaching out to me because you know, they weren't really paying attention to anything. And right. they're just like, Oh, have you done your draft? Look at, look, take a look at my team was, I'm like, Dude, I'm I'm displaced, living in a fucking hotel in Jackson, Mississippi. I can't talk to you right now. I'm yeah, currently I, filling out a FEMA application. Yeah, I'm filling for out a FEMA application. My neighbors, yeah, my my neighbors tell me my fence is down, and I have probably some fucking roof damage. I have no idea what's going on. Like I can't contact anybody, mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't know. There was this weird disconnect between what I specifically was going through, and also you know the majority of uh, South Louisiana again, and just what the rest of the world is talking about, and it's so. It's, I don't know. Don't and for me, think, it wasn't even so media. It was like being in Target in Lafayette literally two hours yeah. away and somebody <laughs> bitching about something yes. so ridiculous yes. and petty. Yes. And I was like, 
I don't know when I could go home. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, and that's another great point. And, and I don't remember. I had a specific conversation with someone, and they were they were. I don't want to use the word bitching, but you know, they were um, venting to me about something, and I'm like. Your whatever you have going on right now doesn't fucking matter. In fact, it doesn't even matter to me. Like to me, that's not even a big deal because, because I again I try to put my situation into context where I'm like my situation isn't even a big deal because yes I have some damage to my home but, but I'm can, away from but, it. But I'm away from I was it able and to I can handle it. Yeah. and I can handle it. Meanwhile, there are other people where they have now lost everything. Mm-hmm. So everything has to be taken into context. And yes, everyone, your problems are your problems. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day. Um, you know, bad things that happen to you are still bad things that happen to you. But it, I don't know, just, it felt like reality was completely flipped on its head. I'm like, everyone in Louisiana is living in the upside down mm-hmm. and the rest of the world is just doing their, yeah. their weird going on with life thing. And then you see our situation, in the news, and then, you know, 48, 72 hours later, it's like, it's gone right. and they're not talking about it. Meanwhile, our and problems today, are, are worsening today. There are still literally people in the state of Louisiana without power. Yeah. No, my neighbors just got their power back two days ago. They didn't have power for a little, it was a little over two weeks. They didn't have water for X number of days and they had to leave their home because they did stay behind for the, for the hurricane. But it got to the point where they were legitimately concerned they were going to die. And so they had to leave their home and that's 10 feet from my front door. Right. So this is why I'm not apologizing. Once again, I'm not saying sorry about it, but I'm just explaining why this is a very different episode, uh, 21 of the podcast than what we were mentally planning when we first, you know, got this whole thing together. I felt like when we have a a, a podcast (laughs) that turns 21, we're going to be doing our recording from inside a bar. We're going to be trashed. It's going to be something exciting. So we're 21 now. Uh, our celebration is that we were able to come back to New Orleans. I am drinking an Abita Amber, though. It is delicious. I missed it. I just want to nap. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Theo is currently napping on the table in front of us. I would have a beer, but <laughs> I drove back here today, and yeah. it was one of those like very stressful drives. You know, when you do it in tropical storm rains the whole time. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I so do know what that's like. I would just like to go take a nap. And that is going to be my big celebration for episode 21. Okay. Usually we close up our episodes with food high and low moments of the week prior. Yeah, or the two weeks. I don't even know. Yeah, we what never is time? take this. Time is a construct. Right. We never take this long away from an episode. I don't even know. I will shout out to my my parents. Uh-huh. I do say they're angels. I haven't met them, but everything you've told me, I'm like, they are angels walking this earth. I do say when you're an adult and you go home for more than three days, you turn back into a teenager. Absolutely. It's very strange being back (laughs) in your childhood bedroom, whether it's changed or not either way, it's a weird experience, but it's also really great to have your parents taking care of meals. Yeah. So that's my highlight just and in general. And to have that as an option is a great option to yeah. have. Like, oh, shit's getting bad. I'm so thankful. I will drive two hours away and I know I'm good to go. I still can't believe because one thing about Ida that really struck me was it took 16 hours to move through Louisiana. Yeah. And the entire time it was a hurricane right. from a four down to a one. And I honestly just assumed that where you were at was not going to have power because everyone that I talked to was like, yeah, I, I don't have power. My mo- man, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm trying to think. Hotels are ruined for me. Do I'll I have say a specific low? Yeah. What's your low? I'm sure you ate a bunch of really good home cooked meals. I did. I'm very jealous about that. Was there ever a low point? Did you ever like get sad and like eat McDonald's in your car? <sighs> I don't know why I'm trying to make rehash bad things. 
So it wasn't a low, it was just a weird moment. I feel terrible for my dad whose birthday is on August 30th, which is okay. usually the highlight yeah. peak worst yeah. of Louisiana's hurricane season. He was born in season. a hurricane. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> so it's always like, well, we can stop our hurricane stuff to celebrate your birthday for a minute. Mm-hmm. It, it, this isn't necessarily a low, it's just a very weird occurrence. So we were remotely watching stuff in New Orleans in South Louisiana from, you know, completely dry Lafayette, Louisiana. Nothing happened. Blows my mind. Two hours away, completely safe. So we're watching the Weather Channel, which other people nationwide are watching. And the guy that's closest to where my parents live you know, because they scatter all the Weather Channel people across yeah, yeah, the yeah. storm. They like path. look up where all the weather yeah. porn is happening. Mm-hmm, they send mm-hmm. their notable people, like, "Oh, go stand in front of this upside down boat." Like, yeah. You know, okay. Cool. Well, our guy was standing in front of the sand pile where you come and fill up your sandbags in case of flooding. Yeah. I'm in Lafayette here, and they're yeah. loading up on sandbags. I'm like, in Broussard, oh, Louisiana, getting real specific in yeah. front of this sand pile. <laughs> and so he said, "Like, look." I'm just glad we're going to go out to eat, celebrate your birthday, turn off the weather channel for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Literally sitting at the table next to us in the restaurant <laughs> is Mr. Sandpile weather channel man. Like looking over my dad's shoulder during the whole dinner. And I'm like, escape. what the fuck? You cannot escape. <laughs> so shout out Mr. Sandpile well, you said, but Bruce Hart, Louisiana. I wanted to bring up what you told me, though, that he was also donning all of his Weather yes! Channel gear. He didn't change. Because he wanted everyone in the restaurant to fucking know why he was there. And then on top of that, he was using the Weather Channel voice while he was eating. Yeah, he was talking loud and like gesturing in a very animated way. <laughs> so, yes, of course, I took a picture of my mom that was actually a picture of him over her shoulder. Oh, wow. <laughs> to send to my friends. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, look who came with us to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, and then all the people wow. came out and sang my dad happy birthday and all the attention was on him and not, not Weather the Channel Bro. Yeah. No. Oh man, that must have driven him insane. <sighs> Anyways. Okay, your turn. Fantastic. Uh, well, I have nothing. Um, you were on I, a trip, so let's focus yeah, on your food on I, the road. I will say... Um, well, let me just, let me start off with the good. I did have some, which again, it feels weird talking about my good experiences because right. again, I recognize I'm very fortunate to be in that position and to also have a trip booked already, like way before Hurricane Ida hit is just the biggest fucking stroke of luck of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just decided to obviously go up to Nashville and continue that trip. So I got some Nashville hot. I went to Hattie B's. It was worth the wait delicious. I love spice, but I'm bad at handling it. So I went with the mild because if I do oh, hot, I'm okay. fucked. Yeah. Like I'm not even going to get, it, you have to dedicate your day to the in and the out. Yes, that. exactly. Yeah. Like, all right, I will be in the hotel bathroom. I will mm-hmm. see y'all tomorrow where I will be staying for an indefinite well, I'll period be staying. of time. In fact, so. if I could get um, a late checkout, that would be right. fantastic. <laughs> so, um, and also it actually, for me, it ruins the, the, the physical, flavor of the chicken and the chicken sandwich. Like all all I can taste is spice. Got it. Yeah. So the mild for me was a good call. It was delicious. Their pimento mac and cheese as a side was really, really good, even though lactose intolerant. Anyways, leaving that alone. Did you oh, I pack? Bought, got lactate. Yes. yes. And got it on the road. I was like, I'm going to be displaced from my home for a little while. I'm probably going to need a box of lactate. Let me take one thing off my plate. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, while adding other things onto my plate. Sure, you know what I'm, I'm saying? gonna solve one of my personal crises. <laughs> yeah. I may be out of home, but I have some lactate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was a thing. <sighs> I'm trying to think of my my worst moment. Honestly, just hotels are ruined for me in general. Like up until I evacuated, I loved hotels. I loved staying yeah, at hotels. Fun and exciting it's and fun new and, and, and exciting and staycation, vacation. I love the beds. I love the blackout curtains. I love making my room a fucking mess on purpose. But I love like you can roll out of bed and then come back from lunch later and your bed's made. I'm like, this is all these are all things that I thoroughly enjoy. But staying in a hotel and just literally just sitting on a bed, just staring at the TV for hours and not having anywhere to go and not also wanting to do anything, just kind of trying to see what's going on back home Mm -hmm. and doing that for a number of days. And then finally leaving the room and I won't say which hotel it is, but going, it was in Jackson and then going downstairs to the, to the pretty decent um, hotel restaurant. And then I tried to order a coffee. They're like, sorry, we don't make coffee. Like after X, whatever time in the morning, we dump it all out. I'm like, so you just dump out coffee. Like, that's just a thing. And I tried pulling the whole, like, I evacuate. I'm really tired card. Like, yeah, sorry. We don't make coffee. I'm like, I, okay. I just lost that battle. And then I tried to, I'm like, you know what? I need some caffeine. Let me get a Coke. Sorry. We only carry Pepsi products. Oh Oh. my God. Do you have Baja Blast at least? Guess what? They do not. Like, so well, the only not a Taco Bell. Why redeemable fucking Pepsi product yeah. they did not have. And then whatever. Again, very privileged to be in this position. Yeah. So I still ordered food and the food was fucking awful. I mean, it really was bad food. And the meal was an expensive meal because you're eating at a hotel. Mm. And the burger was dry as shit. It said the fries were truffle fries. They were just normal fries. And by that point, I was so tired that I didn't even want to complain. And again, I realized how fucking privileged I sound saying this. I was just trying to have but if food a is going to be your one comfort, it's the only comfort I fucking yeah. have. <laughs> like you don't, under, I've been I, I, at that point been sitting in this room for no bullshit. Three days going crazy. Like just trying to keep track of everything that's going on, whatever, whatever. Like FEMA's rejecting me. Like it's all, and you know, we were talking about this <sighs> off the pod before we started recording how, when you're in a stressful situation like this, you get to a point where you're emotionally overwhelmed. So if yes. you hit that tipping point of any excess of emotion, yes. you cry. So it could literally <laughs> be the fact that your burger got fucked up. And if now you're good, talking. I would have cried if it was good. I would be right, like, oh my God, right, thank God for this burger right, right now. Yeah. Whatever it is, once you hit the tipping point, you start crying. Yes. And now there's a stranger witnessing in this. And it's yes. a, an awkward situation for yeah. both of you. And you're staying at that hotel for the next three days. Yes. <laughs> so. And it was just defeating. So again, I realized how I sound saying that because I was very fortunate to be in that position. However, the food is fucking trash. I don't want to stay in a hotel for a very long time because so I'm going to go on your TripAdvisor history and yeah. see what you left reviews of. Yeah. So I, well, know I, where to avoid. I still, despite that experience, I still did not leave any reviews just because I'm not like a review person, but yeah, it, well, I guess, you know, when you stay out at a hotel and it's voluntary for a vacation, as opposed to I am staying here because I had to evacuate my home mm-hmm. and my life is in a duffel bag and I haven't left the room in a couple of days. It's a completely different dynamic. It really mm-hmm. shifts your perspective on, on, uh, yeah, on hotels. That hotel room goes from fun, exciting and new to this is my fucking this is home. a box of yes. misery. <laughs> yes. Real this fast. is my home. I can only watch 
you know, this Showtime documentary. Oh my God. I got to tell you really quick. So they did have free Showtime in the hotel room. Oh, that's a plus. That was a plus. I was really excited. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, jackpot. <laughs> so guess- you know what? Back home, we're not going to have this service, even the bare <laughs> no, bones channels. No, we're not. For weeks. Because we all have Cox and Cox doesn't work in a hurricane and it's <laughs> trash service. Um, no. So I discovered this documentary on Showtime that was about these women who were getting murdered in South Louisiana. Oh, (laughs) wow. Which was a really exciting documentary. And so I spent my nights watching a documentary on women being murdered in Ah, South Louisiana. A taste of home. Ah. Well, you know what? The burger didn't do it. So this documentary gave Jeez. me the comfort. Yeah, I know. I, I'm kind of fucked up. But um, it Aren't was- are we all, though, at this point? <laughs> yeah, right. Here we are. <laughs> I, anyways, it is what good to see you, What a great note though. to end the yeah. podcast on. <laughs> good to see you. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So <laughs> next time we talk to you, hopefully we'll be back to somewhat more of the, quote, normal format of would, our episodes. I would love to do a normal podcast next week. That'd be great. Yes. Everybody knock on wood for us together with us so we can just be <sighs> back to the back on our bullshit next time we talk mm-hmm. to you here on the Past Everything podcast. Yeah. Follow us, uh, social media, Instagram, at PTE pod. And uh, please subscribe and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And we're back. So, you know, now you have to listen to us again. So, yes, listen to us again next week. New episode coming for you. Come back for seconds. 